0: Today is July 16th, and this is Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media Network, and I am Jared Scali alongside Jess Thomas. Today we're talking Red Sox at the All-Star break, the big Erod injury news, and so much more, so check it out this week, Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media.
1: They are filled up again for the Red Sox. It's two to one Toronto. This is a perfect spot for Mookie. 3-2.
0: All right, Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media. The week of Mookie Betts and Vander Bogarts here. Don't forget to follow us at Red Sox CLNS on Twitter. The network is at CLNS Media. Jess Thomas over there. I am Jared Scally, and we're officially at the fake halfway point of the regular season, the All Star break. Don't know why in the world they can they still call it the halfway point. Don't get it. It's so stupid, Jess. Like it's not the half. It's like the two thirds point. Like halfway point was two weeks ago and for some reason all-star break I don't know it's stupid but either way we're at the all-star game home run derby gonna be awful celebrity softball game favorite part of the week love the celebrity softball game all about it um, and I'll watch the game of course too but Red Sox in first place four and a half games over the Yankees and Yankees lost again going into the weekend here and we're going into the week and just overhaul there's some holes and we're going to touch on stuff that happened this week because there is definitely a lot to talk about but can't be mad about where this team is coming into this year thinking, okay, back and forth with the Yankees. All-star break, the fake halfway point, you're four and a half games up on the Yanks.
1: Well, first, the fake halfway point is hilarious because it's true. They've played 98 games, yep. <laughs> which means they only have 64 left, which is <laughs> way more than half. Well, But it's funny, too, because they started even earlier, but the all-star break still mid-July, just like it has been. So it's just like pushed back even further than it already was. So it's crazy. So that's that. Um, yeah, uh, it's crazy that they're four and a half games up because after you lost to the Yankees, you know they were right neck and neck, like on top of each other, as they had been for months on end. And now all of a sudden, a real hot streak right at the end, the Yankees decide to lose a couple of games to the Orioles and the Indians, and all of a sudden it's four and a half games just like that. And yes, anything can happen, but July fifteenth, Red Sox aren't losing. Four and a half's a lot now. Yeah, four
0: and a half's a lot. Ten-game win streak currently. Um, 12 of 13, you've won since that Yankees lost. Um, that, see if that was a terrible series, especially that David Price game. But winning 12 of 13 since then, riding a hot streak, you almost have the argument, Jess, and, and I'm not the first one to say this, is that the break's coming at a terrible time. You know, we, Red Sox are really clicking. The pitching, yeah, we'll talk about Rod in a sec, because that's big news coming in this week about how long he might be out. But you talk about this team— Mookie Betts, Grand Slam, best play of the season. Xander Bogarts backs that up with a walk-off Grand Slam. This team right now is catching a stride, and they're becoming dangerous of the fact that they are starting to really buy in and believe. And yeah, they might on paper be worse than like the Astros on paper. But when you start to believe and buy into this, you become very dangerous, even if on paper you're not the best team. This, you feel like this is starting to click, and now you almost question, of is it really a bad time to send some players to the All-Star game and send everybody else home for a couple days?
1: Uh, I'd want to say yes, but this team's so good, and they've been so consistent all year long that I really don't think it's going to make a difference, especially when you're back after the All-Star break and play the Tigers and the Orioles. And we've seen that, that this, team, this team takes care of business against bad teams. They've done it all season long. They just did it for this whole week. They swept the Royals. They swept the Rangers. They took three out of four from the Blue Jays. They swept the Nationals, too, and really, they're not that good either. So uh, they take care of business against teams that they should. If you're a good team, as yep. me and Nick talked about a lot last week, but people are saying that they're beating bad teams, so they're not that good. But me and Nick said we're beating bad teams because they are good. Good teams beat bad teams.
0: Yeah, that's, I don't, I, I don't I, get I, that
1: narrative. I'm over
0: <laughs> it. Like this is something that keeps being brought up, and this has been happening since week one, right? It's the yes. Oh well, you haven't played with any talent yet, blah blah blah. And I got that earlier on because you played like three weeks straight up Tampa Bay when the season started. Right. But like you play the Yankees a lot, you played the Nationals, you played these teams that are. You supposed to Mariners be good. And the Mariners you played, you played these teams that are actually good. People who are off on this team right now don't know baseball, and yeah, you and, and you schedule. know, and you know me, Jess. It's I'm 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 as negative as I possibly can all the time because there's always something to fix with the team. But that's also getting nitpicky because this team is the best team in baseball by four and a half games. It's yeah, just the way it is right now.
1: And they're 68 and 30. I mean, that's really good. And the way
0: they're playing right (laughs) now, them and the Yankees are both pacing for obviously over 100 wins. You're going to have a 100-win team out of the AL East playing the wild card game because that's how good both these teams are. I understand the talent's crap. I get it. But you still have to beat these teams. Look at the Yankees. You just mentioned it, Jess. You lose to the Orioles. You're losing two to the Indians or one to the Indians. Like you're losing these games, and it's like those are games that you should be winning. The Red Sox had no problem cleaning up house the last week. They've won, they won 10th straight against garbage teams because they're supposed to. Right. It's just the way the it is. Though,
1: but the thing is, even good teams lose against bad teams, but the Sox just like don't. They just destroy everybody. They're just on a rampage here. Yeah, I mean, the Sox are on pace for 112 wins. The, the Red Sox haven't had a 100 win teams since 1946. No. They've only had three ever in a long, long, long rich history, and they're on pace for 112. And that's the 112 would be the fourth most wins in major league history yep that's that's really something i don't care how bad teams are there's there's a handful of really really good teams in the american league and then bad teams that they're beating so they're really good and if if this week didn't prove that then i don't know what people are waiting for because this team's got spark they got magic they got camaraderie they got chemistry they're a really good team and they look like the 2013 team they're they're clicking. They're walking off wins. They're winning together. They all love each other. They're happy. Core is great. I mean, it's yep. literally just like that. If you're not realizing this now, you're kind of dumb.
0: Yeah, and, and <laughs> there, there's obviously negatives. Like, like I said, we'll get to the E-Rod thing. Vasquez is still on the DL. There's some holes, and we know that, but on a positive note, that Mookie Betts Grand Slam, and I, I want to touch on this because it's something that's been talked about all week, and I get it, and I want to talk about it because, again, for the next week, we have no baseball. M- <laughs> Mookie bets. I think by when he hit that home run, this team was already buying into themselves, right? They were already playing well. I don't think that home run sparked anything, but I think emotionally, that obviously we know that's probably the most emotion I've seen, at, at least I've seen out of Mookie Betts ever. As soon as he hit that ball, he was jumping for joy, almost tripped down to first base. Like he was jacked up. I think that was a big moment for Red Sox Nation as a whole, as a fan base, going, oh, this team's really bought in. I want to buy in now. I think that home run is really helping a lot of fans jump on, and this is the time of year, Jess. We know this, right? We're baseball guys. We do a podcast about it. Baseball is flourishing July and August every year because there's absolutely nothing else going on. Like NBA free agency's over, NFL is gone for a couple another month or so. Basketball, NFL is ended. gone. The World Cup's now over. Baseball is on the stage, and that's it. So mm-hmm. right now, Red Sox people around Boston who weren't watching—that's the first kind of big thing they've seen. We obviously have seen other moments, but that home run Mookie Betts hit, that is going to help a lot of Red Sox fans buy into this team and I think help fill that ballpark every night now. It's summer. It's middle of the summer. People don't have plans now, and and people are going to start going to the ballpark a lot more, I think, and really enjoy this team for what it is. They might not be the best team on paper. I don't think they are the best team on paper, but right now they're showing like they're the best team
1: in the league. Yeah, they're the best team on the field, so screw paper. You can throw the paper away. Yeah, I feel bad for fans that missed April, because since the Sox hit six <laughs> grand slams in April... I missed April. You know, April was really fun. Right, They won almost every game they played, and they were incredible and hit grand slams like every game. So, sorry if you missed that, but if you just tuned in now, then, yeah, I mean, this, I, I what, that was, the bets game was the game that Cora said, I think fans are really starting to like this team. Yep. Which, I don't know how they weren't before this, because they're incredible, but if they weren't before... Welcome to the party, because uh, cause as X said, when Pets hit that home run, it's time to party. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a fun moment. Yeah, I mean, Hap throwing 46 pitches in the inning and Betts hitting a grand slam and a 13-pitch at bat and all the foul balls. It was just kind of wild. And I will admit this. I was in the other room um for most of the inning and i missed the first 12 pitches of the at bat and i walked in and the first pitch i saw was a grand slam <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wow i had really good timing and yeah. of course i watched i rewatched the inning at Worth the next day because i had to see it but and i'll admit that i did miss i did miss the inning but i'm thrilled that i saw the grand slam because it was wonderful timing
0: it, it's one of those things where this team is starting to flourish but we do have our, our concerns, so let's jump into just to the big news this week, and it just happened—the um, Eduardo Rodriguez news. Covering a play at first, dude's ankle. I don't know how it wasn't as be- it, it, better than it probably was, but Alex Cora claims it's serious, but he's optimistic that he's going to come back. Um, there's no surgery needed, which we know this by now. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's not—it looks worse than it probably was. They're confident. There's definitely some ligament damage. There's no surgery. Um, that's obviously promising right now. The play is Erod's going into a boot for a couple weeks. They're going to reevaluate and, and see what to do with the men. So, you know, he's gone for a couple weeks in the interim. Brian Johnson's going to get starts. Velasquez is going to get starts. Just the way it's going to be. Um, long term though, Jess, how concerning is this? Because I think that this might play a lot longer than two, three, four weeks because we've seen Erod have that history of the, Oh yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine a couple weeks here and there and then he misses an entire season or misses all of spring training because that, that this has been the his problem. When he's on the field he's fine. Once he gets hurt, he struggles to come back.
1: Yeah, this is really disappointing because he's having a really good year and he was having probably his best game of the year in this game because his pitch count was low. Like he finally could have gone like 7 or 8 innings in this game. Oh yeah, he, he was having a great game because yeah, he only thrown 67 pitches and he had already gone over 5 innings. So it's a shame cuz he was on pace for as long as doubting. But yeah, injuries with this guy, it's just they just keep happening. And this was such a freak thing. I mean, covering first base, he has to jump over the guy. Honestly, it didn't look that bad to me. Maybe I didn't see a good angle of it because like, he almost like hurtled him completely. He just kind of nipped him at the end. So I'm, I was surprised that it was as bad as they said because I didn't think it was going to be. But coming from personal experience – I can actually speak to this for once because uh, it's the only injury I've had. I broke my ankle uh, in 2008, uh, and I did have surgery and had pins and screw in my in my ankle and ended up having taken out a year later. So mine was awful, His, but his is ligaments, which is kind of a similar thing. And it took me a long time to have confidence in anything. So I can't imagine him coming back soon from it. From personal experience, I didn't have the doctors that he's going to have, so that's the difference. But – Man, that was painful, and man, it just kept going on and on and on, and it was just so sensitive for such a long time. So if it's anything like what I had, then yeah, there's no way it's coming back in two or three weeks.
0: I don't believe – I think it's a two-week evaluation, to use the excuse. I'm, I'm, I'd be shocked if the boot even comes off in two weeks. I wouldn't be surprised, Jeff, if it lingers – I mean, Jeff, if it lingers and all of a sudden he might need surgery. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, I feel like they might just be – I wouldn't put it past him, to say, hey, you know what? He doesn't need surgery it's fine." in two weeks. Nope, he needs surgery. He didn't get better. Like this That might that'd
1: be stupid, though.
0: I know, but like, I wouldn't put it past this team because we, we, we've seen it before. But if that happens, I mean, there's a chance this guy might not pitch again this year. Cora said he's optimistic that he'll be back this year. I don't want to put that on him yet because it's, it is only July. Um, he's got time to come back. Okay. But there is a chance of that, depending on how bad this really is, which we don't know yet. So that puts this team into a risk of now what? Because you have, Erod was banked as a starter. Now you have to worry about Steven Wright. Is he healthy coming back? Is Drew Pomeranz going to figure this out and come back healthy? Is Brian Johnson or Hector Velasquez going to be enough if that means they're the ones in that spot in the playoff series? Like, there's a lot of long-term lingering effects here, um, especially because there's a deadline coming up. And if you don't know what Erod's situation is, now it changes your whole dynamic um, of what's going on because we talk about it and... The biggest thing for me, Jess, coming into the, the trade deadline would have been back into the rotation. I mean, back into the bullpen. No questions, right? Eighth inning guy, seventh inning guy, whatever it may be. You need someone to pitch behind Craig Kimball that you trust. Okay, well, now what? Because now, we the before, it was a fringe of, do we need a starter? We could, but it's fine. We can deal with what we have. We'll figure it out. We really need an eighth inning guy. But now, you have guys. Tyler Thornburg's come back and pitched for about a week now. He's looked pretty good. Um. For the most part, a couple, he pitched today here on Sunday, um, and it wasn't phenomenal. He got hit around a little bit, but he got out, like, he, it was hard hit balls, but I think you're gonna, you're not gonna see perfection from him right away. And then this guy, Ryan Brazier, 30 year old out of nowhere comes up and is pitching phenomenally. Today was the first hit he allowed in his first, like, four outings in the Red Sox uniform. Plus, we talked about this too, just before the show, Brandon Workman finally getting a chance up here. And now he's pitching well on the back end. Does the shift change? Jess, do you trust the one of these three? I think it'd be Thornburg over anybody. Like, a combination of those three plus the guys you have, is that enough in the bullpen to maybe need a starter now instead of going after bullpen help? Because this Erod thing changes a lot.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much I trust Brace Zero, obviously, just because he's new and he hadn't pitched for five years, so I'm not sure what he can give you, even though he's looked good so far. Uh, I like what I see from Thornburg and Workman's been fantastic this this whole time. And Matt Barnes is having the best year of his career, which no one's really noticing. He's got some real good numbers and he's been really solid. Really, Joe Kelly's the only one who's been crap in the bullpen because uh, his ERA is is pretty high. And I think that's what you want for. with Matt
0: Barnes too, Jess. You want it to be behind the scenes because he hates he doesn't right. like he likes the spotlight, right? We talked yeah. about him needing, last year. We all we could talk about was him playing a cot at Fenway because all he could do was pitch at Fenway. I haven't right. brought that up at all this year. Like it's been fine. And like, I, I think that's where he works the best.
1: I do too. I agree. So keep, we'll keep, we'll keep him in the dark. That's the last um, I'll talk
0: about, Matt Barnes. I'll shut up. It's over. Right. Who's, who's Matt Barnes?
1: Who's Matt Barnes? The basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I think it wouldn't hurt to get a bullpen guy, maybe, maybe a name guy, just because all the guys they have besides Kimberball really aren't name guys. But I don't think it's necessary. And I think now a starter is more necessary, which is so weird. That's baseball for you because. They had so many starters. Like, they had, like, too many starters for a long time. Yep. And now we're sitting here, like, scrapping and calling Brian Johnson our fourth starter and wondering who else is going to pitch because Pomerantz and Wright and, you know, they're and, like, all. do you trust And,
0: and like, all these, guys, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a big, big deal.
1: Right. So, yeah, that's more important now. I, obviously, if Erod's going to get reevaluated in two weeks, that's two days before the trade deadline. So, I don't know if that will hinge upon something. But yeah. I know Steven Wright's not really getting better. They're Worried about him, and I guess Pomerantz is healthy now, but he's pitched like crap in the minors, so I don't know if they trust him. If they should bring him up for a start, I mean, obviously that's that's what you want is the guy who won seventeen games last year to come back and be the same guy. That would be great because yeah. he's still on the team,
0: and you'd think and yeah. you'd think that like he'd be fine this year when he's healthy. Because look at around the league, there's no talent. Like you have four guys, right. three guys who are like pacing for seventeen. David Price is on pace for seventeen wins, Jess. and like we all we've been doing is bashing about like his up and down
1: season right so I said four guys with 10 plus wins already
0: like and that speaks to the talent around because I don't think four, these four guys are all 10 plus win guys but it's a matter of right. if your offense hits then you're going to get those wins so in a year like that you think Drew Pomerantz would be fine so maybe they, maybe they do just bring him back up and throw him into it and see what happens but I think they're leaning still towards a bullpen arm I really do because I think they believe in Drew Pomerantz for whatever reason um w I, I, like,
1: I wanna believe in Drew Power. I mean me
0: too, because he look what he did <laughs> last year. But yeah, do you trust him and not Like the next two weeks are obviously pivotal, right? When, whatever the right. evaluation is on Erod, is it is it a month? Is it two months? Is it maybe a week? Like his timetable is gonna say a lot because if his timetable is legitimately not that bad, then maybe you still go after a bullpen arm. I, I still think that you might want to go after a bullpen arm because right now I still don't I mean the only guy I mean Workman's been fine. Tyler Thornburg is a wild card for me because he's coming back. If he can even be a shell of what he was before he got hurt coming over here to Boston then maybe that he is enough but like I, I would still like someone locked down Ethan and guy a name that you can put in there and trust because also it also backs up the idea of maybe you have him that person close if Craig Kimbrell doesn't come back so it's a nice kind of win-win there but I don't mind Thornburg seventh inning, Brandon Workman's seventh inning. Then you have a plethora of guys who can pitch five, six, and seven if one of these starters craps the bed.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the bullpen. You have a lot of options. It's just, you know, who do you trust on a certain day and what do you think they're going to give you? It's just since they're less less-named guys you don't 100% know, even though, for the most part, they've been really good. So yeah. it's just really a matter of what, what you trust you have and what you don't. So I don't necessarily think you need a bullpen arm. I think they might still try to get one, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, the starter thing's weird. It's definitely going to, these next two weeks, they need to figure out what the deal with the yard is, what the deal with Wright is, and what the deal with Pomerantz is. That's going to determine everything. Because yeah. if, if two of the three of them come back soon and they're fine, then you really don't need one. Yeah. But if they only have one of them healthy or none of them, then definitely need somebody. And you 100%. also have to
0: consider, too, on the Dombrowski side of things, what can you actually afford, right? Can you actually right. get a starter versus a, a bullpen guy? Because there's a lot more bullpen guys probably available. Like Chris Archer's name is being tossed around. Can you even, can you, can you even afford them? Do the, the Rays want young guys. You don't have really that many young guys left. So it, there's a lot of options there, but it's got to be the right price because Dombrowski depleted everything else that's down in the farm system. Now, the one thing that hurts is Blake Swihart pretty much has no trade value right now. And that was the big chip if they dealt him sooner. Again, the whole Hanley thing is a mess now. Um, because Pajori is probably not going to be <laughs> back this year, which is even sounds like Pedroia even said, I'm not holding my breath, but you know, like that's basically what he said when he was asked about it. So Pajori is probably not back this year, which means Hanley's sitting at home for no reason at whatsoever. Blake Swihart is now your backup catcher, but Sandy Leone's been playing almost every day because Vasquez is on the DL for a little bit of time here. So the catching position is now even weird, but Blake Swihart now loses value because he hasn't been playing even when he has the opportunity to play because he's your second catcher.
1: Yeah, the situation's weird. I mean, Nick talked about it last week because Vasquez had just gone on the DL when we recorded last week and we were assuming that Leon and Swihart would get like similar time to see what Swihart had. And like you just said, Leon's been playing like every day. He played both 1 o'clock games this weekend and he played the 1 o'clock after 7 o'clock on Friday. So he's been playing all the games. So I don't know what the deal with Swihart is. They just have no confidence in him, or they know they're not going to get anything for him in a trade. But it's kind of a strange time to not play him because because Leon's. I mean, obviously they like Leon quite a bit. That's that's clear.
0: Well, I think they they don't. I don't think they have that value in Swihart behind the plate. And obviously they like Leon. We know they like Leon um, because they kept him here. And I still think they really want Vasquez and Leon to be the tandem here for a while. And I think they're. I think Vasquez and Leon are happy with that. So yeah. it's one of those things where Leon's going to get the time. Now he's the everyday catcher, and, and maybe Swihart gets a couple games here depending on how long Vasquez really is out. But I, I just think that the Red Sox don't really value Swihart anymore, and now they're kind of just like, okay,
1: now what do we do with him? Clearly play him somewhere other than catcher if you want to play him because they're not playing him a catcher.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and now it's like they don't <laughs> right. really need to have anywhere else to play him because Pierce can play. As an extra bat when he when he when he yes. needed an extra bat who's been phenomenal. He he got hit, he move. got hit again today. Like I don't even I know. Hit, poor guy. Um, but you have options now other than Swihart to get people out of the lineup and move things around. Devers is gonna be set to come back off the DL soon. You'll have better coming off bereavement. So there's a lot of things here that like kind of keep Blake Swihart on the bench. And this is the time where you don't almost want to play him because in two weeks you might have to trade him. And now if you trade him in two weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever it may be. You are gonna now get a lot less than you probably could have if you wait if you did it earlier in the year.
1: I do want to bring up kind of what you were just saying though about um, guys being out. The funny thing is they've still been winning these games without these guys, which kind of makes you wonder. You know, we're sitting here looking at all these injuries with with Erod and Endeavors and Vasquez and all these guys. Yet they keep winning. So you said like, oh, they got rid of Hanley for no reason. Have this team missed Hanley at one bit? No, nope, not at all. Pedroy has played three games they're still 68 and 30 so all these guys who are out other guys are stepping in and they're still winning so I feel good about all these injuries that happen I know that was kind of a topic that I've been hearing people talk about the last couple of days but I mean you gotta you gotta feel good about it here as you approach the trade deadline
0: yeah and I, th- I think you do have to feel good about it as much as you look at injuries and hate them and they make you feel like crap the team keeps stepping up in a way that you don't really see that often and you know what? I think they're better off without Pedroia because I think Pedroia isn't really a, a positive influence in the locker room. I really don't think that, and I, that might huh. that might be negative across Red Sox Nation. Don't really care. Um, I yeah, think I he's agree, but he's that's a. I, I think his leadership isn't really leadership, and I think him and one, I think him and David Price really do clash, and that causes David Price more issues than we really need to worry about. <laughs> but I mean, this, th- there is no coincidence. Just Hanley Ramirez is no longer in that clubhouse. It seems like they're having more fun. Pedroya is here and there, but he's not like a presence because he's not on the field. Morelza. Imagine,
1: uh, imagine if they got rid of Price, even though they all love him apparently, but he seems like he's a negative piece of crap to me. But
0: I mean, it seems like he's a great teammate, <laughs> though. Like, I mean,
1: I, I think <laughs> no, I the biggest understand. thing is
0: he just hates the media. I think he just hates us, and that's right. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. He just doesn't <laughs> like us.
1: Um, well, I can't blame him. We crap on him like every week. And, and so, I
0: mean, <laughs> I wish the I wish the beat staff would be allowed to crap on them more. I think there's a lot of. Handholding and and Goody Two Shoes played in lock clubhouses, and I get it. Like you have to be around them every day, but at the same time, I wish there was more respect. Really, I wish there was more back and forth, and I wish there was more. Like David Price isn't going to respect you; don't respect him back. Um, and that's my problem with people who are on the beat. And I think I saw this someone Jared Carabas, who obviously asterisk next to him because he's not there every day, so he can say whatever the hell he wants because he's not in the clubhouse. Said something about like. Um, Didi Gregorius, whatever. You saw that tweet. I think a lot of people. I did
1: see that. And
0: yep. someone responded, oh, well, you, n- you would never see a Yankees beat writer do this. And I'm like, dude, he's one, he's not in the clubhouse, not really a beat writer. And two, this is what's who wrong cares? with baseball. Like, who cares? This is, <laughs> I wish more beat writers would be up against these players because a lot of these players just give attitude to everybody. And I get it. There's a sense of professionalism. But if David Price is coming at you and like, oh, well, maybe I won't even be there starting that against the Yankees because uh, Fortnite. I'll just go play Fortnite. You should be allowed to be able to say something back to him. Because right. you ask them a question because you have a job to do.
1: Like I get they're professional athletes and people want to like tiptoe around and stuff, but like if if they're not respecting you, um, why? It, they're they're all humans. Why do you respect them back? I mean, it's it's given and taken. You know, it's I, I think that's stupid.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely stupid. So like, yeah, obviously it's not going to change, especially in baseball because things are really slow pace changing. But um, that is definitely one thing that I think it bugs me the most about people on the beat. It's that, and obviously I'd be I would love to do it. That'd be a phenomenal job to cover baseball all summer. But I think the biggest problem with it is that a lot of these players get cushioned by the media. So they say so. they say whatever they want. David Price should get a little pushback. At this point, he's he's earned a little pushback from media because he hasn't said anything great for that. But that's a whole other – I could do an hour on that, that crap. But
1: I, I do enjoy your uh, your comments that you make on Twitter. They're, they're very funny. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a funny follow. I'll give you that much.
0: Yeah, it's just – I don't know. It's one of those things. But um, before we get out of here because I know – we, we do want to touch on the All-Star game, obviously. And there's one other weird thing that I just saw right before we came on air with, um, from Fox Business about new ways to get into the baseball stadium. And I do want to touch on that because it's, it's creepy. Uh, but Red Sox have five guys going to the All-Star games. J.D. Mookie are starting. Sale's probably going to get an inning. Kimberl and Morland are also there. I highly doubt Kimball's even going to pitch because he's been used so much here in the last like week. Yeah, um, that'd be fine. <laughs> I'd be and then, honestly, it would be really nice if Sale didn't pitch either because then he would be off until like the 27th of July and that'd be a nice long rest for him, but he'll probably get an inning. Um, and then Mitch Moreland this is his first all-star game. So just, I know we talked to this a little bit when they first got announced, but just your thoughts on this week in general, as a fan, is it good for baseball still? Is it nice? Obviously it's nice to have five Red Sox there because it means they're doing something right. And it should have been six because Andrew Benintendi is an all-star.
1: Right. But I mean, it's Andrew Bogart's numbers are almost as good as Ben and Dendi, So you could even make a case for him, mm-hmm. but that's what happens when you win sixty eight games. You have a lot of really good players. So um, yeah, I, I still like it. Yeah, I think it's good for baseball. Um, it's I enjoy the the All Star game. I think it's fun. For all the best players to get out there, obviously, I'm sure most people would rather have the rest, but that's the case with all All-Star games. If you're if you're good, you're gonna you're gonna get less rest. It's just it's just a fact. So, I love how many guys the Sox have. I mean, JD and Mookie, what a, what a great week for them to be starting the All-Star game because they've just been absolutely ripping it up this week, as they have every week because <laughs> they're incredible. It's really fun having the two best players in baseball on your team and not knowing who's the better player because they're both so darn good. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so. It's, I mean, it's incredible. You see, like, every other day, people are like, oh, JD's MVP, oh, Mookie's MVP, oh, JD's MVP. It's like nobody has a clue. Because <laughs> JD is, like, right there for the triple crown, but he's probably not going to get it because Beth's average is too high. Seriously. So so that's fun. So I love that they're starting as they should be. Sale and Kimbrel, obviously, 100% makes sense. They're both awesome. They're two of the best pitchers in the league, and they have been for a while. And Mitch Moreland, I did not expect that. And I love it because... He's got some pretty good numbers. He's been consistent. They got rid of Handley, so he could play more. And then he paid them off with an all-star appearance. So I love that, I, but I was shocked. I cannot believe he made the all-star team. I did not expect that at all.
0: Yeah, I think he's actually getting credit for what he deserves. He's he's playing well all season. He got a player who can. He's a great defender. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is now we have to see if he can back it up in the second half, which I think he'll be fine. But overall, I think it's a good experience for the families. Obviously, I'll dabble in them. Um, I think the home run derby really is watered down because the top players don't do it. Because like, and let's dive into that because the home run derby is like the key focus of the all-star week. No one, having people more care about the derby than they do about the game. So, yeah. which is fine because I get it. It's a, it's fun. It's a fun event. I'll watch it obviously. Um, isn't Bryce Harper like the clear on odds favorite to win this whole thing?
1: You'd think so. I mean, good thing it's not an average derby because average blows, but.
0: <laughs> his down, average he's, he's having a down there. year just a little bit.
1: He is. Yeah. But he's still got twenty plus homers, so yeah. I mean, you got Harper, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Javier Baez, Kyle Schwarber, Alex Bregman, Reese Hoskins, and Jesus Aguilar. Jesus, uh, I didn't even know who Jesus Aguilar is, but apparently he leads the National League in home runs. So That's a stud. <laughs> I don't know where that happened, but I guess I guess he's pretty good at home runs. Uh, yeah, I mean, not, not a lot of names that you're going to recognize. They're all good players, but not name players besides Harper and Freeman really. And they're facing each other. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see, I think, I think, uh, Muncie, if that's how you say his name, maybe it's Munchie. I don't know, but, uh, he's, uh, Big power hitter, so I don't know if it translates to the Derby. That's the thing you never know who's going to translate from the field to the Derby. But I think he's a dark horse, so I'll be interested because I don't know much about any of these guys, so I'm definitely interested to watch. But yeah, the star power is just not there.
0: I mean, you know these names, uh, we do some of them because we watch enough baseball. Like Kyle Schwarber should be pretty good if he has a swing. Javier Baez is a weird one to me. I don't see him as a home run hitter, but he has 17. Um, Same,
1: same with Bregman. Yeah, 19.
0: So. And and also, Jesus Aguilar was a final vote guy. He got the Na- National League final vote. So right. the one thing that I wish they would do at the Home Run Derby, and I wish more players would do, is I don't care if you're an all-star. Go do the Home Run Derby. Like, if you're Giancarlo Stanton, why aren't you doing the Home Run Derby?
1: Right. You want to see the best players, don't you? Like, I want
0: to see don't, Aaron don't Judge. I want to see Giancarlo Stanton. I, I, want, to see, I want to see J.D. <laughs> Martinez. I want to see, obviously, Bryce Harper, who's doing it. I think Jesus Aguilar will be good at it. But, like they are these big nine blames. I don't even care if you're an all star. Giancarlo Stanton isn't an all star, which I mean was weird, but yeah, I know he's not an so all star. I don't care. Show up to the Derby and do it, because that's what's good for baseball. And now JD Martinez always complained about not getting the spotlight. You're an all star and you have the you have a crap ton of homers. You're the best hitter in baseball right now. Do the home run. I'm derby. Most home runs. <laughs> do the home run Derby. Why aren't you in it?
1: I mean, I'm glad he's not personally because I don't think it does anything for your swing, and I don't want him to. I don't want him to fall off at all for the Sox. So from a personal standpoint, I'm glad he's not. But from numbers-wise and entertainment-wise, he absolutely should be.
0: All right. We'll talk about that when we get back next week. I'm intrigued. Who, let's pick a winner. Who, who who you got? Who you picking?
1: I'm going Max Muncy. Love it. It's Max <laughs> Muncy.
0: L.A. Dodgers, 21 homers coming in. His first-round matchup, Javier Baez. He'll have to go through Bryce Harper to get to the final. So mm-hmm. that, that's an interesting pick. Um, I'm also not going with Bryce Harper. Yeah. Because I don't trust okay. him. Because he's I love Bryce Harper as a player, but he's just it's not good this year. Um, I'm actually gonna go with uh, Mr. Alex Bregman himself, the Houston Astros. What? Yeah, I'm gonna come I'm, I'm gonna pull that <laughs> name out of there too. Now I wouldn't be surprised if it's not Bregman, I think well, Jesus Aguilar is probably the favorite, but um, besides Harper. Uh, but I think Alex Bregman can sneaky get past Schwarber, and then um, hopefully but I, I think we're picking wild cards there. <laughs> I love it. So mark it down. Alex <laughs> Bregman next week's show. Alex Bregman versus Max Muncie, I guarantee you. Because we both picked them, they're both going to lose in the first round. But neither here. They're, they're going to hit like one. Out. Yeah, they're not going to hit all runs. We'll Let's keep getting it. <laughs> whatever. Um, all right, before we get out of here, we're obviously not going to do recap. I mean, we're obviously not going to do predictions because there's nothing to predict. Um,
1: facial well, there re- is, but like, two we took like two games. So it's whatever. <laughs> uh,
0: that's nothing to me. Um, well, quick story because this is, I saw this in Fox Business. I sent this to Jess right before we came on air. And MLB is working on a partnership to have facial recognition. And fingerprints become the way you get into the ballpark. Um, they're partnering with a company called Clear, who already has their their company. They've been around for ten years, it looks like here. And their biggest goal is they want to be able to use facial recognition and like a, um like a fingerprint to uh, like identify your ticket, ident- verify your age to get alcohol at the at the games, and like basically do everything so you don't need a ticket. Um, right now, I know they're testing it. Um, and it looks like right now nine teams, the Yanks, the Mets, the Mariners, the Giants, um, and others already have clear lanes apparently at the ballpark. I didn't know this. Um, so that you still need a mobile ticket in those lanes because it's like testing, but it's already kind of made its way into the game and they're hoping by next year it's in every ballpark. Um, I think it's kind of creepy. And this is coming from a guy who like likes technology and thinks the world should innovate itself. It's creepy. Like I feel like you should need a ticket to get into a ball game.
1: Yeah, I think it's creepy too, and I'm not as on technology as you are, but I know that's the way the world's going. But this is this is weird. Like this is the sign for me that like things are going this way, which creeps me out. Like you don't even need a ticket. Like we're fingerprinting people. Like face recognition. What? Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's way out there. I, think the I did big, not expect this to be a story.
0: I think the biggest thing that would be nice about it, and more for is the teams than for us, because I don't care about it. I mean, I kind of care about this, but like, is to track demographics a little more, because then you can track who's scanning into the game, and then you can mm-hmm. keep track of like what age group's actually coming to the ballpark, because this has been an argument the last like week. And I was listening to the sports up earlier today, and they were having this argument uh, in their brand spanking new studio. Um, they were talking about like, how do you keep track of demographics like who's coming to the ballpark who's not this is an easy way to do it fingerprints boom we know the age of this person we know who this person is and we can we know who i mean it's creepy but it's a Mm. nice way for the league to start tracking those kind of things without guessing so that would be nice to know because i'm intrigued of like the demographics of who are actually coming to the ballpark because this game does need to do something to change um i I think it's it's fine and i think it'll it's still in better shape than like the national football league because in 10 years there might not even be the nfl the way roger Goodell's running the damn league but (laughs) i automatically think that this might help speed things up it might intrigue more people but it is a little creepy well
1: you've convinced me that it could be cool for that reason but yeah for for regular people reasons and like being a fan that this would happen to kind of strange not liking it maybe i'll change my mind if it happens but as of now I mean, I don't like change anyway, so maybe I'm just too old school, but it seems like an odd thing to me. I was
0: one to think it was creepy to use my fingerprint to open my phone, and I love it. So who knows? Maybe it'll grow. (laughs) Next step, using my fingerprint to go into the ballpark. Fenway Park fingerprint scanners. That's the age of the future. Um, All right, we'll leave it there. Red Sox beat just over there. I'm Jared. First place Boston Red Sox. Four and a half games up on the Yankees. Best team in baseball. I pray the five guys who are at the All-Star game just don't hurt themselves. And we'll be back next week uh, talking some baseball as they do resume in Detroit uh, on Friday against the Tigers, the lowly, lowly Detroit Tigers. Hopefully, you know what? Maybe we're talking about a five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half game lead coming into next week's show. But enjoy the All-Star break. Enjoy some time off from watching baseball. If you enjoy baseball enough, you might feel upset like we are because we don't get to watch baseball. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, on Twitter, at Red Sox, CLNS, at C-L-N-S Media is the network. Rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher as well, of course, on CLNSmedia.com. And of course, don't forget the CNS mobile podcast app as well, where all the shows that are hosted by the network are on there and for you to listen to. Uh, we'll be back next week. Again, Red Sox beat CNS Media. Talk to you then.